because every home is such a unique makeup mm-hmm. um, that we definitely want to make sure that our children are the ones who are leading us with our interests, right? Because obviously, mm-hmm. then then you're turning into something where it's imposed on them, and then they lose mm-hmm. interest, and it's not fun. And all of a sudden, you have a child mm-hmm. who doesn't want to speak the target language, right? Mm-hmm. You are listening to Episode 11, Season 2 of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. Do you want to raise a bilingual child and are simply overwhelmed by the amount of information out there? On today's show, I have a Latina mom of two. She's a teacher, an entrepreneur, and founder of Nene Bilingue, Veronica Villa, better known as Vero. Join us as she provides five practical techniques for raising bilingual children. We talk about the struggles of being quarantined and traditions that she'd like to pass down to her kids. Plus, you'll want to stick around to the end to receive 12 free bilingual book buddy newsletters filled with practical bilingual activities that you can do with your kids right in the comfort of your home. Así que no te lo pierdas. You're listening to the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast, where we empower moms raising bilingual kids, talk about growing up Hispanic and tradiciones, and celebrate motherhood. It's time to keep it real, learn tips and tricks from other moms like you, and start creating a legacy your abuela would be proud of. If you're a Latina mom or have a multicultural family like mine, then you're in the right place. I am your host, proud immigrant daughter, rock star wife, mom to five-year-old Victoria Grace, my legacy founder and cafecito lover, Jani Perez. Hola, hola. How are you? I hope that you're doing well. How was your Memorial Day weekend? I hope you had a great weekend. I hope it was fun. I hope you got to relax. I hope you weren't one of the like thousands of people that were at the beach. Scary. (laughs) Our Memorial Day was pretty low key. We just stayed home. I did laundry and uh, we grilled a little bit. I'm still not ready to venture out in front of like a ton of people. So yeah, we opted to just stay kind of indoors. And that was all good. ¿Qué te pareció our last episode of Mother's Day? Did you like it? I hope you did. If you haven't listened to that one, that's episode 2.10. We have some great guests who shared their stories about their moms and how their moms impacted their lives. We laughed, we cried. It was it was a really good one. And I will always treasure it because Victoria was so cute and she talked about me. And it was just, it was just very sweet and coming from a five-year-old, so... So very special. Summer is coming and it's kind of crazy. It is so crazy. Here we are, May, and I am wearing hoodies. Like <laughs> last year I was sweating like a pig and this year it's cold. I mean, for me, I'm Florida girl, it's cold. So I don't know what's going on with the weather. I'm trying to plan summer and trying to figure out, you know, activities and things to do with Victoria and pools are like all sold out. I was going to get like a little kitty pool or splash pool and I don't know if that's going to happen because everything is like sold out. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I guess it's good. Everybody's staying home. Trying to find activities to keep her entertained, to keep her engaged. We're probably not going to be starting school till the fall, God willing. So it's going to be a long summer. <laughs> I just, you know, one day at a time. That's that. That's all we can do. It's It's not easy when you have to balance raising a child, working from home, running a small business, you know, and everything else that that entails. So if you're curious, I'm actually going to be talking about that on 
HIT and learning in their Moms in Quarantine series. It's a great series and they ha- they've had some great guests that talk about life during quarantine. So I'll be talking about the challenges that I'm currently facing running my small home-based business and homeschooling and trying to raise this little girl that has a lot of energy and, you know, she's bright and it's just very mentally exhausting for me. <laughs> But all good. So we'll be talking about that. That's going to happen Thursday, May 28th, live on IG. That's going to happen at 3 p.m. So if you want to follow HIT and learning, you can do that or you can follow me. Today, I have a great guest, Veronica Villa, better known as Vero from Nene Bilingue. Great insight, great tips on techniques that we can use and do right in the comfort of our home. So powerful, especially now at this time where uh, many of us are staying at home with our kids. So she has some great tips because right now more than ever, it's very challenging to raise bilingual kids when you don't have your typical uh, network and your typical support, support system. So talking to her really gave me some great insightful information. And I am so happy to share that with you. And that is it. Have a great week. Espero que te guste. Stay safe. Stay sane. Remember, one cafecito at a time. Relax if you can. (laughs) And I'll talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Beto, I am so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for being on. No, gracias a ti. Thank you for having uh, having me on and inviting me on to this conversation. This is awesome. I know you aren't seeing us, but she has some beautiful floral paper flowers. They're like so colorful. I'm like, it's reminding me of just like having a fiesta. (laughs) (laughs) So we're actually in my craft room in our quote unquote craft slash office area. Mm -hmm. And then the flowers that you see behind me, those are made by my mom. So she loves to do anything with paper. Those happen to be from my daughter's second birthday. So we saved them. We have them up and they're part of our decoration now. (laughs) They're beautiful. They bring a lot of life to to the room and and to your background. (laughs) They do. They do. So Vero, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So I'm Vero. I'm a Chicana born and raised in California, Bay Area to be more specific. Uh, I am first generation. My parents are from Jalisco, Mexico. Uh, I am a wife, a mother of two nenes, so Luna de Aslan, who we call Luna, and Teocali, who we call Teo. Luna is actually weeks away from being four, literally two weeks away from being four, and Teocali is two and a half. So beyond the home, uh, my husband and I run our company, Fuchila Fresheners, and I have a blog, Nene Bilingue, as you had mentioned, for parents raising bilingual children. I didn't know that. Is that you that does the fresheners? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Oh my God. I'm totally geeking out right now. <laughs> Yay. There you go. So see, yeah. You really have to check out these freshers. They're awesome. So you run that business and you have the two little ones. So how is it right now with quarantine? Like being at home? Personally, I think that it's a learning curve for everybody and it's a learning curve every single day. So one day we're doing great, you know, we're vibing, everybody's doing their part. And then another day is just like kind of a slump of no nos dan ganas de hacer nada or, or, oh man, today we didn't get to do our family walk. And, you know, we kind of get down on that. But we try to do as much as we can together. We're very blessed that my husband gets to work from home. Mm-hmm. So we eat three meals a day together. We have lots more conversation together. So I, I like that part, right? It kind of mm-hmm. slows down the pace. But at the same time, uh, I feel like we also are missing out a lot of the interaction, a lot of mm-hmm. those connections that we have with family, with friends uh, that we now can't do. It's for the betterment and so everybody is safe but I feel like we are missing out on a lot 
Yeah, I think at the beginning, like for the first month, it was like, yay, everything's great. <laughs> we're, you know, we're all together. We're having all the meals. I mean, the family time is wonderful. It's so wonderful. But now we're at a point where, like you said, we're craving just people interaction. Like just the other day we were walking by and somebody was having like a birthday party in quotations. And I'm sure it was just like few friends and family over and she just started crying and all of a sudden and she just said mom I miss my friends you know Mm -hmm. when is this virus going to be over oh it just broke my heart you know we tried to be there for them we tried to do the best that we can for them but we're human beings we're creatures of social interaction most of us anyway taking that out of like this equation it it really affects us all I can't wait for this to be over We had a similar situation where I decided to go and surprise our, my in-laws with the children. And they live on an orchard, so a lot of space. Mm-hmm. We got there and we said hi and we were happy to see them. And we told, you know, we were there for maybe 15 minutes. And we told our daughter and our son, okay, ya es hora de irnos. Ya diles adiós a tu abuelo y abuela. And my daughter just started sobbing, like emotional mm-hmm. sobbing. And I was like, oh my gosh, that just, that's when it hit me that, yeah, it's hard for us as adults, but I feel like it's definitely harder for them, especially when they're used to seeing their grandparents, their tias, their tios, their, their friends. Yeah. So it definitely is affecting them. So, Vero, you mentioned that you have two kids. You have a daughter that's going to be four and a son that's going to be two. Or that's true, I should say. Mm-hmm. How are you raising them to be bilingual? We are actually using the model of minority language at home. Mm-hmm. So we speak, we read, we write, we learn, you name it, in Spanish while we're at home. Good, Mommy. Gracias. <laughs> mommy, this is not on Qstars. Qué lindos. Mm-hmm. Now, what I still feel interesting or that happens is that between my husband and I, we tend to fall back on our English and we'll speak English between ourselves. Mm-hmm. However, okay. with the children, it's all in, in Espanol. Everything is Spanish with the children. In fact, both my children prefer speaking Spanish. And uh, are my oldest, Great. Luna, she, she'll listen to my husband and I have a conversation in English. And she'll say, mami, papi, hablen en español. Oh, I love that. <laughs> usually, <laughs> usually it's, you know, the other way around where us parents are telling them, oye, se habla español. And, but nope, it's the other way around with my kids. I love that. How awesome. Because for them, that's their first language. Yes, it is. Because we have strictly said Spanish only at home. Now, obviously, the goal is to raise them bilingually, right? So before this whole quarantine, um, stay at home, shelter in place went into effect, our English was coming in from like gym class or story time, music class, play date. So it was all interaction and peer based. Mm-hmm. Now that all of that is out, I find myself kind of taking a little bit more and sprinkling more English into our vocabulary and being very mindful as to when I do it and how I do it. Like I said, my children prefer Spanish. So obviously that is our first language that is our main language at home Mm -hmm. however I do find it that now that we are at home more that it's up to me to bring in that English to them right now what are some books or toys or apps or shows what are some things that you guys do or use at home that your kids really like right now especially during this quarantine phase 
So I'm lucky I have I have a little bookworm. So Luna is definitely a reader. She loves yes. to read. <laughs> and because of that, we have an extensive home library. We're very lucky and blessed to have that. But right now we're really enjoying the Usborn. They have Spanish titles and a lot of their books are flip books. Mm -hmm. and, and they also have nonfiction topics like dinosaurs, space, animals, that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. they're super interesting for the kids. They're interactive and we all learn something new. Awesome. At bedtime, we've right now we've been reading a lot of Be Bold, Be Brave and Fearless Trailblazers. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice, you know, to have those simple, short biographies, yet not too simple. And it kind of lends themselves to further conversation of who is this person? De donde mm -hmm. es? Um, what do they do? That kind of stuff. Our family personal favorite is, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of this one, El Pedo Más Grande. <laughs> no, no. So it's, um, it's a really funny book. It's in Spanish. It's about animals who uh, decide to have a farting contest. Yo, yo escuché el pelo. And oh, no, like, el pelo. <laughs> el pelo más grande. <laughs> My daughter would love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there we are. We, we love reading it together as a family. So that one's definitely time for laughs. Do you do like TV or shows, anything like that? I mean, aside from my son being like super obsessed with Toy Story and it's like being played nonstop right now, anything that they like to watch or uh, whether it be a movie or a show, it usually comes from either Disney Plus or from Netflix. And because they have the feature of changing the language, Mm -hmm. uh, that that comes easy and I'll change it to Spanish and sometimes it'll start in English and again my daughter will say mommy cambialo en español por favor oh I love that I love so, that that's how you know we watch a lot of the children's television through those apps and obviously changing it to Spanish and of course from time to time les digo you know this one only comes in English I'm sorry and they're fine with it okay very good anything else any toys so music, music is a big part okay. of our family. So we love Un Dos Tres Andres, which mm -hmm. in fact, right now during this pandemic, their concerts are amazing. They're a godsend. So we definitely tune in to their Facebook lives. Mm -hmm. uh, we like listening to Lucky Diaz and the family band, Jose Luis Orozco, uh, Mr. Mm -hmm. G. So they're all great bilingual music for children. And of course, it's nice because I enjoy them too. Not to mention Canticos right mm -hmm. so the bilingual nursery rhymes in addition to the nursery rhymes and the songs they also have the videos and the lesson activity components so mm -hmm. um and we also have apps that go along with the cantico so uh what i noticed that with the apps you not only get english and spanish but you also mm -hmm. get all kinds of languages so the other day my oh, nice. daughter <laughs> changed it to hindi now I'm, I'm like okay we're counting in hindi like that's cool all right you know, very something good. Different. It's very good because I'm always looking for new ways to make it fun and interactive for her to make my daughter like it because right now she does prefer English and because my husband is home all the time now because of quarantine, we are speaking more English as a family. So for me, it's become even more of a struggle because when when her dad is traveling, in la casa solo se habla español. Yo le hablo a ella todo el tiempo español. And now because he's been home so much, yo le hablo español. And she responds everything in English, everything in English. I'm just, I'm always constantly looking for new ways to keep her engaged and keep her wanting to learn. The Canticos app is a great tip. So and then the apps are for specific songs too. So you would download each of the apps. And then it's nice because it reads to you or you could read it. You know, your your little one, she's already reading, right? So mm -hmm. she could definitely start reading from the app itself. Oh, very good. Very good. Definitely want to download. All right. My last recommendation would be the Hola Amigo subscription box. Yes. Uh, that 
has been awesome, especially during these days when, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're teachers, we're everything, and we have to fill their, our entire day with our children mm-hmm. <laughs> with activities that are engaging. Yes. It's amazing that they have the elementary and the preschool box, and soon they'll have the toddler box coming too. That's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Those are definitely our go-to activities. It's academic, and that's personally what I like because I'm a teacher. And, of course, we're using our Spanish. <laughs> Very good. Are you a teacher, really? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> In fact, uh, well, I've been out of the classroom since my first was born. However, uh, to kind of keep me busy with like teaching and lesson planning, I tutor local children K through 12. And then obviously now it's all through Zoom and stuff like that. But yeah, I I do K through 12, all the subjects. That's like a true Latina woman. She's a mom. She's an entrepreneur. She's a teacher. She's she's doing it all. I love it. I love una mujer con con ganas. (laughs) (laughs) This mommy break is brought to you by Mi Legacy Shop. Mi Legacy Shop is a marketplace that I personally created that celebrates our Latinx heritage and promotes Spanish language learning. You can shop our best-selling onesies or child tees with sayings like sana sana colita de rana. Tell the world, I'm not a regular mom, I'm a Latina mom with one of our eco-friendly totes. Or you can also download print-at-home flashcards and educational material that will help your child learn Espanol. Use promo code POD25 or POD25 and get 25% off your first order. That's Mi Legacy Shop spelled M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I shop.com. No te lo pierdas. Pero let's talk a little bit about Nene Bilingüe. What is Nene Bilingüe? So Nene Bilingüe is a blog for parents raising bilingual children. So I started the blog about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. because I was constantly being asked, how do I do it? How do I raise bilingual children? Mm-hmm. So I figured, why don't I just document it? I mean, mm-hmm. if it helps me, it might help you. Or mm-hmm. better yet, start a conversation, share ideas, make connections, that kind of stuff. Just because our community needs that, right? We need that support from each other. And yep. even if it is virtual, I see you. Exactly. And you see me. I feel like that's the helping hand mm-hmm. for one another. In the blog, I provide activities, whether it be ideas, tips, techniques to foster language learning while mm-hmm. promoting parent-child bond. So I feel like that is my, my primary purpose, the parent-child mm-hmm. bond. So things that yes. you can do together. Mm-hmm. I am a teacher, like we had mentioned earlier. So many of my activities or ideas are academically inclined. So they support language through literacy, math, science, art, that kind of stuff. So that's that. And lastly, I have a monthly publication. It's called Bilingue Book Buddy. Mm -hmm. So this is where I feature one bilingual book and three activities that go with the book. Uh, These activities are intended to be like easy setups with things that you should have around the house. Mm -hmm. And again, they're academic. And the materials, if you don't happen to have that certain sticker, can definitely adapt it to Mm -hmm. either your child's interest or you can adapt it to the materials that you do have available. It's fostering that language learning, but still doing it together as a family. It's so important to continue that communication, the education element, that interaction with with the kids, because they are, as we spoke earlier, they're missing their friends. You know, having resources, having the blog, having somebody to guide us along the way is a big help. I'm a big proponent of supporting other moms, other businesses that help me because I'm like, okay, I need the help. I'm not a teacher. 
I'm not a teacher, but I need to become a teacher during this time. Okay, what can I do? And obviously, que hable español is a big component for me. So how how are the ways that we can do it? You know, what are the methods? What are the activities? What else can we do? And I think it's just trial and error. We source and we keep looking for all these things and we apply whatever works with our child. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. If it works, you use it. If it doesn't, you just, you know, toss it and move on because every home is such a unique makeup Mm -hmm. um, that we definitely want to make sure that our children are the ones who are leading us with our interests right because obviously Mm -hmm. then then you're turning into something where it's imposed on them and then they Mm -hmm. lose interest and it's not fun and all of a sudden you have a child Mm -hmm. who doesn't want to speak the target language right Mm -hmm. so Beto, what are some specific techniques for raising bilingual kids so we'll talk about five so let's start with the first so be intentional and mindful So when I say be mindful, be mindful of the quantity and the quality. So thinking of how much of your day are you using the target language? And by quality, I don't mean, oh, do I pronounce it correctly? (laughs) Or how fluent am I? It's more of providing our children with a variety of opportunities and hence larger vocabulary and more varied vocabulary in the target language, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, if you just use it while prepping meals together, so the vocabulary is very specific and very limited. So Mm -hmm. you would want to be mindful and intentional to expand that a little. So maybe today it's prepping the meal in Spanish, but then at dinner time it's in English, but at playtime after that, it's going to be back in Spanish, right? If you're a planner, um, I tend to be more of a planner. So Mm -hmm. then maybe maybe designating times of the day or specific Mm -hmm. locations where we speak the target language. Lastly, bring in friends and family. So Surround yourself with friends who have similar bilingual goals and practice with them, right? Encourage them Mm -hmm. to speak Mm -hmm. to their children in Spanish while you are all doing a play date together. Of course, if you have family members who speak the language fluently, oh my goodness, encourage them. Encourage your family members to speak to your children in that language, right? Uh, Because they're going to, not only are they getting the language practice, but they're getting that connection with the family members, which I feel like that's beyond important. Absolutely. Right now, because of the times that we're in, we're FaceTiming a lot with Mm -hmm. our families. So one thing that we started doing is that my daughter will FaceTime with her abuelos. They're down in Florida and they'll reach to each other or they'll play a game with each other. Like the other day they were playing telephone, like over FaceTime. And it was really funny. Like we were all cracking up. We're all laughing, but I thought to myself, okay, this is something new for her. It's fun. Let me just roll with it and continue doing this. Like you said, giving them different opportunities to be exposed to the language and to use the language is great. Right, exactly. And of course, bringing your larger community into it, right? Because that makes it fun for them. If you start this journey of wanting to raise a bilingual child, know that you can't do this alone. It's very Mm -hmm. hard to do this alone. So tip number two is go beyond the book. So uh, obviously all the studies show read to your children. It's important to read, read, read and read in any language. So particularly, obviously, the minority language. And as you read, make those connections to real life. So have your child connect. Find books that are representative of your family, your culture, your history. Try to come up with ways to take the theme of the book or the story and create something from it. So whether it be a game an art project, an educational lesson, whatever it may be, but extend it beyond just what we read in the book. So for example, you can read Donde Está el Coquí and then 
you go outside, get some chalk and practice recognizing numbers by drawing lily pads and numbers on them and then hopping around and counting, you know? Mm, So there we are. We, we took a book, we enjoyed the book and Mm -hmm. then we're expanding it, extending it to our real life. So we're connecting to the book with in more than one ways, right? That's what you do with your bilingual book buddy. Yes. Bilingual book buddy. That's exactly what it is. It's just taking the theme, taking an idea and then applying something else to connect it to something academic making it fun and making it fun for the whole family to do. I love that because (laughs) to be honest, you're taking like the thinking out of it for us parents. So you're like, here, get this book. And then this is the activity that you can do that, that follows the book. I think that's fantastic. I love it. I can't wait to start. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Sure. You can go out and purchase the books. That's one way, but libraries are great. And right now a lot of libraries are offering the, the online library system, so our mm-hmm. online catalogs. So, you know, checking them out virtually, that's awesome too. And YouTube, sometimes I've found a lot of authors doing their read-alouds, right? Mm-hmm. So you can, you can uh, search the title and then all of a sudden the author is reading it to them. So see, you don't even have to be the one reading it to them. You can listen to the mm-hmm. author read, read aloud and then go beyond that. That's a great tip. That's a really good tip, especially now that you're limited, that some libraries are closed, that you can't go check out the books, but you have all these other virtual resources. I think that's great. And so tip number three, so routine, routine, routine. Children thrive on routine, and we all know that. So I feel like Mm -hmm. adults do too, and that's why we say creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. And it ties with the first tip, which is be intentional and be mindful. So if you know to use the target language in in like a certain day, if your children knows that, oh, a certain day of the week, we speak Spanish or a certain location, I speak Spanish, they are already prepared and know the expectation. So it's, Mm -hmm. it'll probably make transition smoother and not like be pulling teeth and saying, no, ahorita se habla español, te acuerdas español, español, español. Yes. (laughs) Rather, if they're already trained, they're like, okay, this is where we speak Spanish, or this is who we speak Spanish to. And this kind of reminds me of what you had said, now that your husband's around more, your daughter is speaking more English. Mm -hmm. And it's because of that. It's because of her routine. The routine was dad's around, we speak English with him. And and that's what it is, right? Dad is around, so we speak Mm -hmm. English. That makes sense to her. What you said about designating a specific time or place is very true. Because like we're she's taking Spanish twice a week. Mm -hmm. And she knows that Thursdays at that time and then Saturdays at that time, like she's in her mindset. And then she cracks me up because with her teacher, she's like talking like sin problema. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, how come you don't talk to me like that? (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) It's a work in progress. It doesn't happen overnight. I think that that's that can be a misconception that, oh, like I, I worked on this for three years, y habla español. but just be persistent, be persistent and consistent. Mm-hmm. Yes, consistency definitely takes consistency on, on our part. So we have be intentional, go beyond the book, routine. Okay, what's tip and number four? Number four is in, to incorporate academic language. So What academic language is, is language and vocabulary used for success in an academic setting, so school. So it's vocabulary very specific to topics. And this is why many bilingual people, like myself, 
tend to prefer speaking English for formal conversations because, quote unquote, I I feel more comfortable in England. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's because we feel or I feel like the vocabulary in the certain topic is better in one language over the other. Now, so many books that we read about raising bilingual children, they'll tell you that most likely to get, quote unquote, a true bilingual that's that's 100% fluent in one and 100% fluent in another one is very rare. And it's it's very common to to feel more comfortable in one versus the other. And that's okay. But if we start introducing that academic language at home, they'll have a better transition, whether they are enrolled in a dual immersion program or an English only program, but they'll have a better chance to understand that academic vocabulary once they go into school. So things that, that I do at home, uh, for example, we're writing letters and if we're practicing the, the letter writing, I'll say things like, okay, vamos a hacer una línea vertical. Vamos a hacer una curva hacia arriba. Uh, una línea inclinada. So instead of just saying more simple or simplified version, I'll, I'll be very intentional in saying vertical or curva or inclinada. Just because okay. I want her to use that to know it and to eventually use it. So now that we have done it so many times, she will tell me, oh, okay, es una curva grande. La letra C es una curva grande. And so that way I know that she understands what it is. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we're practicing what, what, what we want her to practice, like letter formation. Or we just finished a butterfly unit at home. Mm-hmm. So we, we were able to, to grow our, our caterpillars, watch mm-hmm. them go into a cocoon, and eventually we let the butterflies free. But when we were talking about the vocabulary, I was very intentional with, with using the words like oruga, larva, or capullo, cristalina, and then connecting it to the English counterpart, mm-hmm. um, you know, larva, this is a chrysalis, and showing them books and models and everything that incorporates this language, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. again, this is just making sure that we're using that language at home, that academic language that will help yes. them with their success in school. So it's a little more extensive, maybe more descriptive, more a little more technical. Mm-hmm. Like you said, instead of saying a straight line, it's a vertical line. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe you can say horizontal or at an angle. That's good. That's good for me because we definitely do a lot of reading. But our conversation is very everyday conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not as formal. It's a good reminder and it's a good tip for us to kind of get a little bit out of our comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, for their sake. Right. So. And because the vocabulary, we don't necessarily use it. Like you said, we, we use conversational Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. But that specific vocabulary, we don't use it only when it's in particular situations. Us teachers, we always used to talk about how do we make this connect with our English language learners? All right, so the last tip, the last tip is grow your bilingual library, even on a budget. Um, Love that. <laughs> <laughs> so with books that you already own, so if there are only English books or you mo- majority of them are only English, you yourself can translate them using a label, type it out, print it out, and stick it on there. Now, this definitely saves us from cold translations. I know sometimes I'll do cold translations and I'll get stuck on a word and there I go Googling it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is fine. You know, you could do that. But me being the way I am, I, I like to just, you know, leer corrido. So the less times that I have to stop because I forgot a word in Spanish or I forgot a word in English, the better the flow is, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for this, like, I mean, 
I've used Google Translate. Now, if you know enough of like grammatical rules, yeah. then uh, you know that Google is not always right. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you could definitely, you know, correct the Google mistakes for the translations. Or what I actually started doing more recently was I had a book only in English. I went to the library to see, do they have the Spanish version? Mm-hmm. And I literally just went page by page, typed it out, stuck it on there. And I was like, now I have a bilingual book. Voila. Honestly, it's something I never thought about doing. I have done where I'll pick up a book in English, looking at it, reading it in English in my mind. I'm saying it in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Now my daughter, she's like, no, <laughs> she's like, in Espanol, that's an English book. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm reading it in Spanish. It's an amazing tip because it saves you money. Mm-hmm. From, and not only that, but there are a lot of books that are not available in Spanish. Very true. I mean, our goal is to have a 100% bilingual library at home. Obviously, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, <laughs> who has the time to sit down and translate every single book that they have. But, you know, if you if you translate one book a week or one book every two weeks, you know, little by little, your library all of a sudden went from 20 books to 40 books uh, mm-hmm. because you have them in both languages now, you know. What would you recommend would be a good starter library? I feel like going into like board books, like for little ones, things like little libros where they have one word, they have a large picture, it's nice and bright. It also helps with children who are just starting to learn and incorporate Spanish. Now for my children, we're getting into a lot of the nonfiction. So interest in, you know, books about butterflies, books about dinosaurs, books about you name it. And I feel like for later on, for older children, Uh, definitely incorporating some chapter books. Mm -hmm. Some of my personal favorites, these are definitely for maybe fourth and beyond, are like The Circuit by Francisco Jimenez. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an easy read both in English and in Spanish. And I personally like to read them over and over again as an adult. He Mm -hmm. has a whole, um, he has a whole series. It's a memoir of his life, of his migrant experience in life. Very Um, good. And so, you know, obviously making sure that you choose books that are developmentally appropriate and by far are focusing on their interests if they're interested in a certain topic for that month or lately they've been really into dinosaurs then you know find that dinosaur book that you know they, mm-hmm. they if they really want to learn about it then let's read about dinosaurs <laughs> sure but yes it's all it all has to do with them leading it in your decision making in terms of purchasing those books reading 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 i i love books i encourage reading if i want something to pass down it's my love of reading for her let her read and expand her knowledge. Any other tips? Anything else? These are like the five big ones. <laughs> those are the five big ones. Yes, those are the five big ones. And, you know, definitely there's more tips everywhere all the time, right? And then, of course, we're learning from each other. So the list grows and grows and grows. You have five tips in your pocket. Be intentional. Go beyond the book. Routine, routine, routine. Incorporate the academic language and grow your bilingual library. Vero, thank you so much. This has been very informative. We're going to talk about some tradiciones and one of my favorite parts of the podcast in a bit. Vero, thank you so much. So we are back. I love tradiciones and talking about traditions. Vero, what are some of your family traditions growing up that you are trying to incorporate in your household? Family traditions. um, I feel like the simplest of simplest is like family get-togethers. Carne mm-hmm. asada, you know, let's go to Rico. 
let's go to somebody's house and just hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's very important, um, especially personally now that I only have my in-laws that are co- close by, they, they live close mm-hmm. by to us, you know, incorporating them in whatever it is that we are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now in this time of the pandemic, um, those carnazadas have dwindled down to a FaceTime call with mm-hmm. tío and tía and abuelo y abuela. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that I hope that to continue, you know, but that face-to-face is very important and very sacred. Definitely religious activities, um, you know, we're mm-hmm. practicing Catholics. So, mm-hmm. you know, doing things like we, we just celebrated Easter, you know, para mm-hmm. las Pascuas. And in fact, you know, my mom would always dress us up and have our Easter Sunday dress and mm-hmm. do all this kind of stuff. Like this year was a little bit toned down, but mm-hmm. um, but we still, you know, got dressed up and we took pictures outside. We did, you know, our egg hunt. And of course, we we had our little eggs that, that inside we it was like an activity with with huevitos and mm-hmm. each part was part of the the story the story of the resurrection story oh, um, I love that. So things like that that you know it's incorporating our our familia our traditions and our religion is very important to to make sure that we are maintaining and continuing right oh very good i love that my husband's not very religious. I'm yeah, I'm Catholic and Easter is very important to me and it's Christmas. For Easter, like because we were home, I'm like, no, no, no. We he needs to get dressed up. <laughs> He's like, what? I'm like, it's just I'm like, I don't care if it's a street. We need, to, we need to get dressed up. I need to do a feast. He's like, okay. It's just us three. I'm like, I don't care. Leave me alone. Let me do this. <laughs> I love traditions, and it is a show tradition that we ask every guest the same round of questions. So, Vero, this is your round of questions. All right. (laughs) Okay, Vero, what would you say is your biggest struggle as a mom? I feel like this this question goes hand in hand with what what, uh, we're going through right now in this moment of the pandemic. It's literally missing our weekly routine before shelter in place. Mm -hmm. So... The computer or virtual lesson story times, you name it, cannot replace the value of social interaction and building relationships like with other caring adults, with peers. And not to mention, you know, a little downtime, you know, when it comes to those interactions with us. Because now I feel like I have to be planning every single second of the day and mom's exhausted. You know, I'm tired. I'm really missing it. Yeah, (laughs) it's hard. We're creating our new routines and all, but um, I'm definitely missing our old routine. Yeah, and it's harder. It's definitely harder to have a routine now because it is so far off from our normal. It's really hard right now to juggle everything. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. Yep. What is a great piece of advice that you've ever gotten from another mom or your mom? like we've gotten advice all the time right <laughs> if we want ask for it or not um, <laughs> exactly i feel like the last piece of advice that i that really touched me uh, was actually uh, an advice advice from a friend a peer another mom she said every day in your motherhood journey is a first so she was talking about like today i might be a mom of a 2 year old 4 month 15 day old tomorrow 
I am a mom of a two-year-old, four-month, 16-day-old. So every single experience is unique from one past. Even mm -hmm. though if you feel like, oh my gosh, otra vez, otra vez, it actually is unique. And mm -hmm. each interaction, each event, each situation is unique to both you and your child. So therefore, you're always learning. You're always learning from each other. Your child's always learning from you and vice versa. And this goes on whether you have a two-day-old whether you have a 16-year-old or you have a 20-year-old, right? So your experience as a mom in that moment is a unique one. So I was like, oh my gosh, that is so true. Even, even in those times that we feel like, ay, Dios mío, otra vez. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no, it's unique because that child has not been that age before. So, yeah. and we've learned something or another from each other. So, I mean, what would the motherhood journey be without our children, right? <laughs> Uh, right it wouldn't be it, it wouldn't be motherhood right okay finish the sentence growing up latina i growing up latina i had a strict childhood <laughs> so um i consider myself to have been a pretty good child overall like a rule rule follower i think i still am a rule follower mm -hmm. but i feel like it wasn't the limits the, the or the nose or the chanclazos that made it that way it was it was really inherited i mean i feel like my parents did a great job of you know, instilling those specific values, like, you know, respetar, la familia, educación, you name it, that those extras, uh, the going overboard, like, I don't think that is what shaped me. I think it was more of just, you know, modeling and the expectations. But mm -hmm. all, I, I do feel it was a little strict. <laughs> me too. Me too, actually. También being, being a mujer also plays a big oh, role, yeah. you know. <laughs> I have a brother. He was allowed to do whatever the heck he wanted mm -hmm. to do. But my sister and I, forget it. Forget no. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what traditional Latino dish would you like to pass down to your kids and why? Let's see. Um, I would have to go with my favorite, pozole de puerco. Um, so I still don't have the recipe <laughs> down. Um, I'm still working on it myself. But... I, I do cher cherish all those times that my mom has been in the kitchen with me, my grandma has been in the kitchen or mm -hmm. on the phone saying, okay, ahora ponle un poco de ajo or whatever. But I hope to have those experiences with my children once I get it down. Um, I definitely mm -hmm. want to have those experiences with my children, you know. And, you know, hey, it's mom's favorite dish, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. What Hispanic home remedy do you swear by? Well, other than Vaporu, <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> it's, um, I think it's aloe vera. Um, we, mm. like, we grow it in our garden, so you can grow it anywhere, you pot, whatever. And growing up, I remember it was everywhere in our house. It was mm -hmm. outside, it was inside, it was everywhere. <laughs> and, I mean, now I still have it in our front yard. Our planters, they have mm -hmm. aloe vera. And so, you know, my son falls or somebody gets hit, they get a bruise, they get a burn, whatever it is. We cut off a penca and we cut out the gooey part and we mm -hmm. slap it on their hand. They slap it on even on their head. You know, they get a chipote or whatnot. <laughs> and then I've, I've rubbed it up in there. And okay, it's, I don't know. It seems like it takes away the pain. It takes away the redness. It's like a, a little miracle. Um, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a miracle plant. It's, it's funny because when I lived in, in our old apartment, I got burned or something. My mom is like, agarra la, la penca. And I'm like, mami, no tengo penca. She's like, oh, como que no tiene penca la casa? <laughs> she was like mortified. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? 
So now I'm like, okay, mom, okay. I have I have Benka now. <laughs> okay, Beto. What do you want your legacy to be? My legacy. Um, I feel like my legacy, I I hope to instill the love of learning for my children. You know, you go through life, you know, you go through the ups and downs and and just like my parents instilled in me that that no one, no one can ever take away your education or what you know. No one can take that away from you. It goes with you till you die. And I feel like it goes beyond the classroom. So it's, it's beyond the academic stuff. So I, I want them to find their interest and, and be genuinely curious to learn something new. You know, and nowadays it's so easy picking up your phone or whatnot. But I, I just want them to, to just learn for fun, know about things for fun, um, and just fill your head with all these interests. So I definitely want them to have the love of learning. I feel like I do. And I just hope that I'm being a good model of that every day. I love that. I absolutely love that. I am a lifelong learner. And uh, I think that's a great lesson to to teach and to pass down. Beto, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing your wisdom for being so much fun. <laughs> gracias. No, gracias a ti. Thank you for having the space, the conversation, the learning, uh, the connection. I feel like that is very important, especially in these days. So I want to thank you for having that space and have, having that time to do so. Thank you. And where can our listeners connect with you? They can connect on Instagram, uh, nene underscore bilingue. Facebook is nene bilingue. And our, my website is nenebilingue.com. I'm so excited to share with you that Bero has very graciously offered to share with you and with us 12 bilingual book buddy newsletters. And these newsletters contain a featured book along with three academic activities that you can do with the book. And this is all free if you sign up for her newsletter. And I will provide a link in the show notes as well as the website. So once you sign up, you're going to get 12 of these, these like one for each month. And then after that, you'll get a newsletter every month. And if you don't take advantage of this, I don't know what to tell you. Because first of all, we're in the pandemic. We all need the help we can get. I am totally subscribing. I already saw them. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so brilliant. It's for us. It's for the kids. She's done all of the work. And when I say all the work, she's done all of the work for us. And it's basically you read it, you print it, you get the book, you can order it online. Or you can, as she said, you know, there are many that are available uh, free, like on YouTube that you can look at. And you can do these activities. It's so important that we continue to stay connected with our kids, that we continue to do activities que les enseñemos el español, and the value is beyond anything. So thank you so much for sharing with this with all of our listeners. Yes, no problem. And I hope, hope that it helps every household in one way or another. Beto, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I can't wait to get my hands on Book Buddies, on the Bilingual Book Buddy newsletter, and to continue to follow follow you if you don't follow her on instagram please follow her she has great tips her feed is awesome and uh, thank you so much Vero. Gracias a ti. do you feel more empowered about raising a bilingual child veronica's techniques to be intentional to go beyond the book the importance of routine 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 incorporating academic language, and growing your bilingual library even on a budget. 
gave us practical tips that we can begin incorporating today in our daily lives. Remember, this journey takes effort on our part as parents, but our children will be the ones reaping the rewards. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. For all of today's recommendations, including books, apps, and resources, check out the show notes or visit thelatinamomlegacy.com and click on today's episode. Como siempre, mil gracias. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can follow me on Instagram at milegacy, spelled M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I. If you like today's episode, feel free to share it or you can leave a positive review. Reviews are a way the podcast can get visibility and empower other moms like you to connect, create, and carry on our Latinx heritage. Un beso, un abrazo, y hasta la próxima. Chao, chao. What do you want your legacy to be?